and welcome back to SEMA's podcast, Y'all Ready for This, where we talk about all things emergency preparedness to get you and your family ready for any type of natural or man-made disaster right here in Chatham County. This week, my co-host is our intern, Tyler. Tyler, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. Wonderful. And our guest speaker today and kind of our subject matter expert on all things American Red Cross is Kelsey. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. Well, and not to confuse our listeners with Chelsea and Kelsey, uh, but we are going to be going back and forth today, of course, with Tyler's assistance and talking about all things American Red Cross. So Kelsey is with Disaster Services. Uh, she's their disaster program manager. Been there right about two years, right, Kelsey? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And she is going to tell us all things American Red Cross leading up to a really exciting event that we have coming up on March 25th. So we'll talk about that later on. Um, but yeah, so I guess, Kelsey, let's go ahead and get started with what is your role in the American Red Cross? What in the world do you do? Welcome. <laughs> so um, as Chelsea said, I am the disaster program manager. Um, I'm a geographical disaster program manager, which means I manage the 12 coastal counties of Georgia. There are 10, 11, 11 of us across the state of Georgia. There are two based in Atlanta, but there are 10 localities. So um, I handled the 12 coastal counties of Georgia, all things disaster cycle services related. So prepare, respond, and recover. Wow. Um, so they just kind of threw you right into like all of the coastal counties. That's, that's, a, that's a feat, especially during <laughs> hurricane season. Yeah. Um, Originally, my position had 17 counties, so I'm glad that they adjusted things so that I only handled the 12 coastal counties, um, but that's why my main focus is the preparedness piece, making sure that we have the volunteers in place for hurricane season, because I know that's on everybody's mind 100% of the time here in Georgia. Oh my Goodness, 17 counties. Yes, I'd be grateful that they brought it down too. <laughs> My goodness. Yes. Go ahead, Tyler. Um, you mentioned respond and recover. Uh, would you mind talking a little bit more about what you mean by that? Yeah, so a lot of people, when they hear the Red Cross, um, if they don't think about blood services, which is completely separate from disaster services, they typically think of the large natural disasters that occur across the U.S. Multiple hurricanes hitting the Gulf Coast, wildfires out in California and Oregon, snowstorms that are ravishing the Southwest. Um, there's a lot going on all the time as far as natural disasters go. And we respond to those natural disasters. We will uh, provide sheltering, food, clothing, um, all across the U.S. for those large disasters. What people don't always know is that we work with those small disasters too. Severe weather we've had recently, we will provide shelters if we need to, again, the feeding, the clothing. Um, but we also do even smaller. We do the single family fires, the multifamily fires that occur every day in Georgia. Georgia typically sees about four, an average of 14 to 15 home fires a day, especially during the winter. Um, we're, we're pretty busy all the time. Um, tornado touched down recently. So, you know, we're working with those families to make sure everybody is safe and well. 
Um, sounds like we were pretty lucky with those tornadoes, at least here in Georgia, that it was mostly farmland. Um, so not a whole lot of homes affected, which we're very grateful for. Um, as far as the recovery piece goes, they, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, you see that we don't just hand people money and say, good luck, so long, farewell. Um, we work really hard to make sure that they have referrals in place. You know, the, if we provide financial assistance, they have to meet certain qualifications, of course. Um, and we will provide that financial assistance but we don't just walk away from that and say, you have two days in a hotel, that's, that's what you get. Um, we will work with them to make sure that they have a recovery plan, that they know what their next step should be. If they're thinking, oh, well, I really need a pair of work boots. We can work with community resources to see if we can get a pair of work boots, either discounted or as a referral from Salvation Army or Goodwill. We work really hard to make sure that they have the capability to recover um, and that they're not just gonna be homeless after a couple of days. Wow, so it, I think a lot of people, as you said, they kind of see Red Cross as this one size fits all, this massive disaster response agency, or this giant blood donation agency, and don't really see those little nuances and the types of things that you guys respond to day in and day out. You know, I had a friend that used to always say, you know, disaster response was Red Cross's bread and butter, but I guess that's true. You know, it, it from very small level to very large level, disaster response is a huge part of what Red Cross does. It's pretty Absolutely. Cool. That is pretty cool. All right, so you mentioned earlier that you, along the coast, your main focus is preparedness. I feel like I'm famous for it. I see you, you might be too, <laughs> throwing this term out, preparedness. What in the world does that mean to the Red Cross? What does that mean to Kelsey? So with preparedness, I, I feel like it's also multi-level. Of course, you wanna work with the EMAs in the different areas, the emergency management agencies in the different counties to make sure that they are ready for that hurricane. What's their plan? What's the Red Cross gonna do? Um, those have been a lot of questions that came up, especially when I first started. Well, what's the Red Cross gonna do to support us? And having to kind of have them step back because you know, again, the hurricane's the big deal, right? That's the massive disaster. And I have to remind people, if that happens, it's not just gonna be us local people. We're gonna get people from all over the US who are gonna come to help. I try to remind people not to, not to stress about the hurricane piece, but you know, you can still have a small scale tornado that affects a neighborhood in Liberty County somewhere, you know, local, but smaller scale. So what are their plans for those small disasters? Um, we have a lot of different preparedness programs that we offer. So educational pieces to prepare um, both adults and children in case of those emergencies. Um, different grade levels understand things differently. So we have preparedness affected for, we have preparedness directed at kindergarten through second grade where it's kind of more of a storybook. Um, preparedness for third through fifth grade, where it's a little more intricate. And, you know, we really, really want those kids to go back to their households and tell the adults in their household about how to be prepared. We have the adult program that's, they're all kind of the same thing, but different audiences require the different, you know, vocabulary, the different activities. 
And we also provide smoke alarms for our communities, um, which is really, really cool. So um, right now um, in a COVID environment, the Red Cross does not go into households to install alarms, but we can partner with the fire departments to do that. So right now the fire departments um, and certain communities around Georgia are going into the households and installing the smoke alarms. Um, and with that, they do get some preparedness, some home fire preparedness specifically so that they you know, don't walk away when they're cooking and they don't keep things too close to space heaters and, and those kinds of things that you know about, but you maybe need reminding. You know, we, we also really love to come up with kind of rhymes here at the Red Cross. So we say, keep an eye on what you fry, you know, three feet from the heat. We do those kinds of things to really help remind those people, um, you know, you, you don't want to have your couch over a vent. You don't want to have an extension cord plugged into um, a power strip. Um, we saw a house fire last year that was like that, where a an extension cord was plugged into a power strip and that extension cord was charging a cell phone and that caused a home fire. So, you know, but people maybe don't think of that. They're like, yeah, well, there's no outlet over here. So how else am I going to charge my phone? So they, you know, we want to make sure that people are really prepared, but also know how to like get out safely in case of a fire. They know how to take shelter in case of a tornado. They know to evacuate when there's a hurricane, especially when there's a mandatory evacuation. Yeah, so it sounds like preparedness is a lot of different things for you guys. And I love that you have broken down these different age groups and, and, and age ranges. That's so important because you're right. You don't want to teach a kindergartner the same thing that you're teaching someone in fifth grade. Their memory is different. Their understanding is different. That is really, really cool. If, if parents wanted to know more about, you know, teaching their children of different age groups about preparedness information, what's, what's the best way to find that information from you guys? So definitely redcross.org has all kinds of information about everything Red Cross. Um, you can also reach out to your local Red Cross and see what kind of preparedness programs they may be offering. Right now in the COVID environment, everything is virtual for the Red Cross specifically. So um, I've done two presentations for that third through fifth grade range. Um, the one was a class in uh, local Savannah County, Chatham County, um, and their kids were so well behaved. Of course, they've been virtual all year. So I was very impressed with that, of course. Um, the other was in um, Glynn County, which is a county south of us. And actually, I taught all four classrooms because they're in person. So they had me up on their big screen and um, all the teachers muted their kids. So I couldn't hear them or anything. But that was really fun and very very different, but it's a fun way to learn. So there's always the, the chance that the Red Cross locally for you will be able to provide those opportunities for your students. Oh, how cool to see Kelsey yeah. in like a big screen. And <laughs> yeah, it was I'm fun. I was, I was trying to teach people about tornadoes. So I was having them do different hand motions and it was fun watching all the students do these hand motions. Because of course I'm in the back of the classroom where I can see them but I'm projected at the front of the classroom. So it was very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, so our residents are so used to hearing that they should be prepared. From the Red Cross perspective, 
why is it important to be prepared? I think that the, the most important thing is we want to reduce injury and reduce fatalities. That's something that we see quite often in disasters, in home fires, and those are our overall goals, is the reduction of injury, the reduction of fatalities. We don't want to see somebody not be prepared and it cause you know, an emergency of some sort. They're trying to gather all their stuff for an evacu a last minute evacuation, they trip and fall down the stairs. Simple things like that, where the hospital doesn't really wanna take them because they're supposed to be evacuating if they could have, you know, if the hospital could get hit pretty hard. Um, residents locally who are elderly or disabled who are going to be evacuated, you know, sometimes they do kind of sit around waiting for a bus to take them, but if they're not prepared and that bus shows up and they're elderly or disabled, they're not gonna move as quickly. So then they're not gonna be ready to go. So we wanna make sure that people are really aware of that. Um, and we don't want them to, you know, struggle in that area. Yeah, I think that's, that's really, really important and really, really good way to sum up, um, you know, why people should be prepared to just expect the unexpected and understand that it's their responsibility to, to take care of themselves. No one's going to take care of you like you can take care of you. I exactly. think that's a, a good way to look at it. All right, so correct me if I'm wrong, but the Red Cross allows volunteers Oh, absolutely. The Red Cross is actually, um, I believe, either 90 or 95 percent volunteers. Um, like I said, I'm the paid employee for the 12 coastal counties in disaster. Um, the Red Cross really has a handful of employees across the state. I'm always impressed with how many employees we actually have because we have so many really great volunteers. Um, so locally, we have quite a few that are very dedicated, um, run the fire calls regularly, work on our trailers to make sure we're prepared for hurricane season, um, work on our shelter list, things of that nature. Um, we also have volunteers who work um, for the whole region. So our region is the state of Georgia and they will help manage those fire calls because like I said, we get an average of like 14 or 15 a day. That's a lot to deal with. Um, we have, I was just on an information and planning meeting. So we have volunteers who deal with the financial aspect of disasters, um, with the situational awareness of disasters. So we have these volunteers, they do all this stuff. A majority of people who go on disasters, like the large, you know, um, hurricanes that hit the Gulf, the wildfires out in California, those are primarily volunteers. We sometimes get the ability to step away from our regular job and, and go out there, um, but not often because we have so much that we have to continue to work on at home. So we're very fortunate to have all of these volunteers that want to do this work and it's awesome. That is amazing. So if someone wanted to become a Red Cross volunteer, what do they need? Where do they need to go? So redcross.org, there's a place that says become a volunteer. Um, you, every, the application is completely online. You submit an application. Um, 
usually within about a week, you get a phone call or an email from somebody, especially here in Georgia, they're pretty quick about things. Um, and they try and find a good fit for you. So if you think, yeah, I really want to do fire calls. And then you're like, well, I really don't want to get up at two in the morning to do those fire calls. They can find something else for you to do. So that's not going to be, you know, the 2 a.m. wake up call that you don't want. Um, if you're really, really good at logistics, you, you know, you've worked in a warehouse your whole life or, you know, that was that was your primary job. Um, you know, you're perfect for our logistics team, or if you're really detail oriented, maybe you want to be in our sheltering team. There are different things that you can certainly do. We, we always have a need. Wonderful. Um, so let's talk about our class coming up on March 25th. Uh, what is this class and what are people going to gain from it? Yeah, so our March 25th class is going to be that adult preparedness course. It's called Be Red Cross Ready. Um, it covers the basics of get a kit, make a plan, and be informed. So um, our overall preparedness kit really focuses on if it's not an instant disaster, if you've got a little bit of time, if you're, you know, hurricane warning didn't come in, you know, two hours ago and you got to go, um, you know, you don't want to use the kit in case of a home fire or you keep it somewhere else besides your home, you know, that those are not the types of emergencies you want a kit for necessarily. But if you have a little bit more warning, um, in Michigan, large snowstorms, um, you know, that's a good reason to have a kit because you got to hunker down in your home. Tornadoes, same thing. You got to hunker down so you can have this kit of stuff. Um, the stuff is kind of a survival kit. So, you know, if you can't cook, you can't drink your water, you can't do certain things. Um, that's what the kit is meant for. Making a plan. Making a plan is kind of all encompassing, right? Again, you don't want to be stuck in a home fire and think, how the heck am I getting out of my house? You wanna have created that plan and practice that plan and know how you're gonna do it. Same thing with a tornado or a hurricane. How are you getting to safety if these things are happening? Do you have a plan? Do the other people in your household know about that plan? And then be informed. Our local emergency management agencies on Facebook are very, very good about updating all of that information. Red Cross has apps that you can download too. I have one on my phone. I get notifications all the time for it. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that you can be informed, of course, but we go way more in depth in that course. It's about an hour long. Wow, so I am really looking forward to this class. It's going to be on SEMA's Facebook page on March 25th from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. You will get to see mine and Kelsey's beautiful faces again. Um, and Tyler is going to be able to join as a participant on Facebook Live, so I know he's super excited about that. Um, oh, I am. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be there, so you guys should be too. Uh, so we hope that you will consider joining us for that class. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and very direct and to the point of things, tangible things that you can go ahead and do to be prepared. As we had talked about earlier, preparedness is so very important. Absolutely. All right, well, that is our time today. Thank you both so much for helping us talk about being Red Cross ready and what that takes and what that means uh, to the American Red Cross. So again, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of our podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you.
All right, so be sure to tune in next week when we start a two-week series about the Emergency Operations Center or the EOC. We're going to be joined by Director De Dennis Jones, uh, Assistant Director Randall Matthews, and we're going to be joined by our Operations Technical Guru, Aaron Thompson, again. So be sure to tune into that, and we'll see you guys then. Thanks so much. Bye.